parts of his life. In this clip, George finds out that without him, Bedford Falls has become Pottersville. Marked by loud music and garish flesh peddling neon signs, the quaint upstate New York town had slid from Courier and Ives to Sodom and Gomorrah. All because George had never been born. Question this morning that I want us to look at is simple. What if Jesus had never been born? There was once a little boy who was very excited about the upcoming Christmas day. On Christmas Eve, he prepared for bed. He took his stocking and hung it on the mantle of the fireplace next to the family tree. The family tree was big. It was brightly lit. And he was so excited to see what the prospect of Christmas would bring. But like all excited children, he found himself tossing and turning, seemingly unable to fall asleep. But at last he did. It seemed like he hadn't been asleep for very long when he heard a very harsh voice call from downstairs. Get up! Suddenly remembering that it was Christmas, the boy rushed down the stairs, taking them three at a time, and as he rounded the corner in the living room, his jaw hit the floor. What he saw was such a shock. There was no stocking running over with goodies. There was no tree with presents under it. He couldn't find his parents. Everything, I mean everything, seemed very dull and very dry. The boy went to the door and was startled to hear the whistle from the local factory blowing to call everyone to work. He asked to himself, what's the plant doing over on Christmas? Then he looked down the street. There were no wreaths on the doors. No bright lights in front of the homes. Said all the shops were open for business as usual. He hurried towards the center of town. Why are all the stores open on Christmas? He asked a woman as he passed her in the street. Christmas, she muttered. Never heard of it. Everywhere it was the same. People hurried by and no one even stopped to greet the now fearful boy. Suddenly he knew there was one place he could go where people knew about Christmas. His church. The boy and his family always went to the Christmas Day service in the little church. So he hurried as fast as he could along the street. But when he came to where the church should have stood, there was only a vacant lot full of tall weeds and debris. He thought of his school, but when he ran to the corner where it stood, there was another vacant lot. The same he soon discovered was true of the town library he loved and the YMCA where he played basketball. It was then that the sorrowful boy heard a low moan. Looking down, he saw a man lying on the snow, obviously hurt. A car hit me an hour ago, stammered the man. And no one will help. Please, get some help. In desperation, the boy decided he could run to the hospital just a few blocks away and get help. But even as he reached the street where Good Samaritan Hospital had stood, he began to see another vacant lot. This time with an ugly concrete wall around it. No hospital, no church, no school. Christmas. In agony of spirit, the boy stumbled towards his home. The previous night, his father had read from the family Bible the wonderful story of the Savior's birth. And as he entered the house, there was the Bible still by his father's chair in the living room. And he opened it eagerly. 
or where the New Testament should have been, there was only a series of empty pages. Across one of the pages, someone had written the words, If only Messiah had come. The boy raced upstairs and flung himself on his bed, crying softly for a world that simply was no more. Then he heard his mother's voice saying excitedly, Bobby, get up! It's Christmas morning. The boy sprang up from his bed and ran to the window. Out there on the houses, there were beautiful wreaths. Brightly lit Christmas trees could be seen up and down the street. And as he listened, he heard the chimes playing from the church bell tower. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. You did come, he whispered. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to our world. Jesus did come. And our world has forever changed. Hospitals, education, charity, and many other things that we take for granted started as a work of the church in this world. Because of Jesus, the world doesn't have to be drab and dull. Because of Jesus, hope springs eternal. Women are no longer property. Children are seen as treasures rather than sacrifices. Because of Jesus, the old has passed and the new has come. And as I struggled to think this week what else I could say about Christmas, my mind traveled to one simple verse. One idea that should change how we view this season each and every year. It's a verse in the second chapter of Luke. Right in the midst of the birth narrative as the angel appears to the shepherds. It's Luke 2.10 and it says, Don't be afraid. For look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Let's pray this Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you, we praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask that if we spend these four, few short minutes together, Father, that you would just take this time and use it for your glory. Father, thank you that you did come. Bless this time. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen. Do not be afraid. <clears throat> We live in this world that is fearful. We live in a world where everything seems to be falling apart. We live in a world where if you turn on the news, you don't make it very far without hearing something that will probably just ruin your day. That's the world we live in. And I find it very telling that throughout the birth narrative, we find in the scriptures over and over and over again the message that God gave to His people each and every time is do not be afraid. Jesus came at Christmas to cast out fear. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear the enemy. We don't have to fear the things that the enemy is going to do. We, we tend to, to cower. We tend to to be, be afraid of, of what's next. Do you ever find yourself holding your breath? Wondering what, when's the next shoe going to drop? What's going to happen next? We don't have to fear that. Jesus came to cast out fear. Jesus came so that we didn't have to live that way. He said it to Mary. He said it to Joseph. He said it here to the shepherds. Do not be afraid. We do not have to be afraid of these things. We don't have to be afraid of the future. 
Our future, if we know Jesus, is, is secure. It's handled in His right hand. It's right there. We don't have to be afraid of the future. We don't have to be afraid of eternity. We don't have to be afraid of death. So many of us spend so much time, dear lady that, that I've known for years, and she'll tell you, you know, I know, I know I'm, not, I'm going to heaven, but He's going to have to drag me kicking and screaming. Why? We don't have to be afraid of it. If we know Jesus, death is not something that we're fearful of. Death has been conquered in Jesus. Jesus walks with us through the battle and brings us to victory. Because Jesus came, we don't have to fear. I don't have to fear what comes next. I don't have to fear what's there in front of me. If I will just simply trust and say, Jesus, show me the way through. Show me how to get there. Show me the way through the darkness. Guide me on the right path because Jesus came at Christmas to cast out fear. But in Jesus' coming at Christmas should bring us great joy. Should bring us joy. All the things that happened because He came. Because He's here. You know, when I read that story the first time, and you get to that, page, that part where He opens the Bible and says, if only Messiah had come. Messiah has come. He's here. He walked this earth. He came and He took all that He was. All of His glory. Everything. All of His power. And He emptied it into a baby. And He entrusted Himself to humanity. To be like me. To be like you. So that He could give us a gift. So that He could give us the way to heaven. The way to eternity with Him. That's why He did it. He did it for us. He did it so that we could be with Him. Salvation has appeared at Christmas. God has come down to man and that changes everything. Changes everything. I don't know how many people I've talked to in my life will say, boy, I'm glad I don't have to keep all that stuff in the Old Testament. There was a lot. It, there were a lot of rules. I mean, I may give the Pharisees a hard time because they would add to it and find their loopholes and get around it. But when you've got that many rules, I, I kind of understand it. But we don't have that. We have grace. We have mercy. We have a clear path to salvation. Jesus Came. Messiah came and Him coming at Christmas should bring us joy. We should be able to know that no matter what this world throws at us, Jesus is overcome. And we can have the joy that only Jesus gives in the midst of every circumstance. And I don't mean you have to be happy. Sometimes we're not happy. Sometimes life is, it just stinks. That's a minute, right? But in the midst of that, you can have the joy that Jesus gives. In the midst of that, you can know it's okay. It's okay because Jesus is still in control. It's okay because Jesus is walking with me through this. That's the key that Jesus walks with us. He is there. He came Christmas to bring us good joy, but Jesus also came for all people. Let's be honest. That may be the hardest thing for us to, to handle. 
We act like we're okay with that statement. We act like we're okay with that statement, but most of us aren't. There, there, there are people sometimes that we look at that we don't think deserve it. <clears throat> and you know, when I said that, if you're honest, there's somebody that popped the door to our head. Just be honest. Somebody who would go, oh, they just push every button you have. Everything. Every button they push. And you're just like, no. No. You know, I mean, they may be like the thief on the cross. And right before they take their last breath, they accept Jesus. But you know what? They get to go. Jesus came for all people. Came for everybody. And some may accept it. And some may openly scorn. But He came for everybody. He didn't come just for me. He didn't come just for the Jews. He didn't come just for the Gentiles. He didn't come just for the Baptists or the Methodists or the Episcopalians or the Presbyterians or the Church of Christ. Or the, I don't know. There's too many denominations to list. He didn't come just for one group of people. He came for all people. When, when, he, when they appeared to the shepherds, to the Jewish shepherds out in the field, He didn't say, I bring you good tidings. Of great joy that will be for the Jewish nation. That's not what he said. He said for all people. Jesus came not for one group, but for everybody. The good news of Christmas isn't just we who sit in churches on Sunday morning are saved. The good news is that everybody has an opportunity. And we have a responsibility. Let me ask you a question. Anybody here thinks gas is cheap right now? If you Circle H2 or Pakistan or down there on I-20 and one of the gas stations was selling gas for a nickel a gallon, what would you do? You'd get there as fast as you could, you'd fill up, and then what would you do? You tell all your friends, right? Gas is a nickel a gallon. Get out there before they figure it out so that you can fill it up. If you had that kind of news, you would tell everybody. You'd post it on Facebook. Somebody would be on a lot of Texas message board and post a picture that wasn't a cow or a dog. They'd post a, a gas sign and they would say, look, it's a nickel a gallon. Get down here and get some gas. So if we would do that for gas... Why don't we do that for Jesus? That gas tank is going to run out. I can fill up a little. I can take every tank I have down there and fill it up and have gas for a while. But eventually it's going to be gone. But the hope that I have in Jesus never goes away. The fact that I have secured His hand and I will spend eternity with Him, it doesn't go away. It doesn't stop. Why are we screaming about this from the rooftop? Why? I'm going to get myself in trouble today. And it's Christmas. Okay, I'm... What's that? I know, I know. 
about in this tent until everybody about. Until Jesus becomes the main one, the rest of it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. People are dying and going to hell. I think sometimes I think sometimes our problem is we don't really believe that. I think sometimes we tend to think that, well, they were a good person, so they're going to heaven. But that's not what the Bible says. If we really believed that everybody who didn't know Jesus was going to hell, we would be trying to get everybody who didn't know Jesus to know Jesus. If we really liked them. Let's go back to that point I made a while ago. As we all want to say that we think that Jesus came for all people. But sometimes, well, God, do you really want me to share it with them? Because that person, they get on my nerves. Sorry. He wants you to share it with them. Especially with them. It's another sermon that I'll leave alone. Jesus came for all people. And He gave us a mandate. If we come on Christmas and we celebrate this gift that was given and we keep it to ourselves, we are the most selfish people in the world and we are to be pitied. Because Jesus gave us something we need to tell everybody about. Everybody. Our association the Paluxy Baptist Association. And there are ten of us churches that are involved in what's called Operation Andrew. We've got those bookmarks placed around here and some other things. And I know they look daunting because there are ten spots on it. But I challenge you to choose one. One person that you know doesn't know Jesus. One person that you're not sure doesn't know Jesus. One person that you haven't seen in church in forever and you know they're not going somewhere else. One person that you can put on a bookmark. That you can pray for every day. That you can say, I'm going to pray for this person because they need Jesus whether they know it or not. Because that's the mandate. That's what I'm called to do. That's who I'm called to be. And bathe that person in prayer for the next four months. And in four months, we're going to have some special people come in with the International Commission who are going to go out and we're going to, I'm going to explain this more later, but we're, 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 going, to, we're going to reap a harvest. And prayer is the first step. That's where we are. That's what we're called to do. We're called to spread the news. My favorite part of the story of the ship. 
as they hurried to Bethlehem, they saw the baby, and they went away rejoicing, telling everybody what they had seen in her. That is our responsibility. That's who we are. Maybe this morning, maybe you have been in, not in the Christmas spirit all year long. It's come and go. It's been come and go for me. One minute I'm ready to go, and the next minute I'm like, bah humbug. You know, one minute I'm Scrooge, and the next, the next minute I'm the angel standing there over saying, hey, great stuff. You never, maybe that's you. Maybe you've been looking for it. Let me remind you today that Jesus came. Jesus came. You don't have to fear. You can have joy. And He came for everybody. And you can share that with everybody you see. Maybe you want to pray. The altar's open. I'll pray with you. Maybe you want to share the missions or ministry. Maybe you want to join this church in membership. Maybe this morning, though, you've never known Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you've, you've heard it over and over again, but you've never taken that step to know the one who came for you, who stepped out of heaven and poured himself into a baby and trusted himself to humanity until he died on the cross so that he could save you and give you away. If you've never known him, now's the time. Come in the house of the tree. I want to know Jesus, so we'll go from there. But wherever you're at, whatever you're needing, give it to him. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now. We thank you. We praise you for your blessings.